Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 30th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty and the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti... It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We are going to be talking about recruiting as we've done the last couple of months. We've done a monthly recruiting update. So today will be October's recruiting update. Um... We'll get into some closing notes later in today's show, but first we start with the pod thought of the day, um, and we go to a new person for today's thought. We go to current women's soccer coach at the University of North Carolina, good friend of Anson Dorrance, or, or good friend of Roy Williams, that being Anson Dorrance. Way to give it away, dude. Um, Tar Heel legend in every form or fashion has built arguably the most dominant program, maybe in college athletics and Carolina's women's soccer program. Um, And he once said, can you drive yourself with self-discipline when others are not there? No one is going to be constantly pushing you, insisting that you get fit or hone your skills. When it truly counts, you're on your own. Your margin of success is based on your inner drive. He also follows me on social media. He actually just followed me the other day, too. That was kind of out of the blue. Humble brag. But uh, I thought that was that was very, uh, very strange to have him follow me out of the blue, but very welcome. It shows the impact the Heel Tough blog slash co-host of the critically acclaimed Four Corners podcast is doing for your social media following. That's a great quote. When you think about uh, whether it's Carolina basketball, me as a podcast host, you know, it's 24-7, always on the grind. It's yeah, why I, you. I think about the pod in situations where most people don't think about work. I'll leave that up to the imagination. But it's always on my <laughs> mind, trying to get better. Like this team is trying to get better. And you, and you get better on the court um, with the players that you got. But you also get better off the court with the players that you're trying to bring in 
A lot of recruiting news around Carolina basketball as we're getting close to the start of not only the college basketball season, we're roughly five weeks away from that, but also the start of high school basketball season, which depending on the area starts in either, sometimes it's in October, sometimes it's in November. With COVID, it could be a little bit later also this year. We start with an in-state prospect that Carolina did not land. That was Deontay Green, who committed to Florida State over the weekend. The last time we updated you about his recruitment, we kind of told you that he wasn't going to be a Tar Heel. But I didn't think, at least for me personally, I thought he was going to Tennessee. I did not see Florida State being the school that he ultimately would choose. What that speaks more of, too, is not more about Carolina. And we've, we've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast the job Leonard Hamilton has done and continues to do, uh, making Florida State fans forget about football and get ready for basketball season. They'll be a preseason top 15, 20 team. They're going to be a trendy pick to finish in the top three in the ACC, maybe even win the ACC um, going in to this season. So Carolina does miss out on Deontay Green, who they will face in the years to come in ACC play. Big story that broke kind of over the weekend has now become official. Five-star former in-state point guard Robert Dillingham is leaving Combine Academy and is transferring to Donda Academy. And if you follow anything in the socials, you know Kanye West. Uh, Kanye West did release. Kanye West. Yeah, he did release an album about a month or so ago called Donda. He's now launching an academy named after that album. It's pretty big because our whole thinking about Robert Dillingham coming to Carolina was the fact that it was an in-state program like Combine. Combine's now a national power. They're a preseason top 10 team um, going into this high school basketball season. Of course, Jeff McInnes runs the program, has ties to Carolina basketball, was rumored to be a potential assistant on Hubert Davis's staff. But now, not that all those relationships are gone, but him leaving North Carolina and going out west does change the dynamic of his recruitment. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you can't just think that this is going to be the same recruitment with him moving uh, a literal coast away. It's not going to be as easy for him to visit. It's not going to be as easy for you to go out and see his games. Now, the good, go news coast is, to coast. the good news is he is going to be traveling. I'm just going to let whatever the hell that is go. Um, I mean, the good news is he is going to be on a traveling team, but – I got to admit, I don't really get this from his perspective. I mean, you're on a team that you've played for for a couple years now, pretty cohesive group that's going to travel nationally. And, I mean, yeah, now you're going to a program that is just getting started. Now, I mean, you're going to be playing with a lot of the best talent in the country. I mean, this group, I mean, they, they pulled a few huge names already. Um, but, you know, for Carolina, yeah, it definitely uh, it, it definitely stinks. Um, and I think it's something that probably changes his recruitment, makes it even more national than it probably already was. Um, and, and now, if you're Carolina, I think that uh, you've definitely got to have a couple of backup plans or, or, or you know, what, a few different backup plans in the, uh, you know, in the cards here uh, because you do need another point guard in the 23 class because you don't know what the outlook looks like at that position. That's one of those positions I feel like you pretty much need someone every year now, especially with the landscape of college basketball, and uh, they're going to have to make the proper adjustments. 
a big part of this is the NIL world we live in. That does affect high school players. They are allowed to sign NIL deals, trying to build your brand with Kanye West, with the Donda Academy. Not It puts them on a bigger platform because it's in you know, L.A. It's not in Lincolnton, North Carolina. Um, and so that, that, of course, does play a factor. Um, I, I think the big thing is that from the time that Carolina got involved with his recruitment when Roy Williams was the head coach as to now, um, the idea of losing him to another school would be deemed as a pretty significant blow because he's an in-state guy with ties to Carolina. With that out of the, the picture now, that he's no longer going to be a part of Combine, if he chooses another school, whether it's you know, you know, a Power Five school like Kansas, Kentucky, Indiana, a West Coast school. We've seen Gonzaga recruit on a national level. Oregon, USC will be in that backyard. Does it lessen the blow from the Carolina perspective if they lose a player like Robert Dillingham? It does because now you don't have the pressure of it being an in-state prospect. Uh, you don't have the pressure of it being a, a guy that's coached by a former Tar Heel who you know probably would give you some help in terms of trying to get him to Carolina. I mean, look, I don't think that Jeff McGinnis is going to tell him you shouldn't go to any of these other schools, but I think that if Carolina was one of the finalists for him, he would clearly say, look, here's my experience. This, I, if, if I was you, that would be my pick. So I definitely think that it is less of a blow. Um, my thing is also is I think now with him, it, it, the G League comes into play here yeah. when it comes to his next move. Um, and that's where I think you, you could see this end up going. And, and that's why, you know, for, for Carolina, I think it's de- if, if he went to the G League, it's definitely less of a blow because right. that's a guy that is choosing not to go to college, would probably at that rate, if it was available, go straight to the NBA. So that's something where, I mean, it would hurt, but that's a similar situation to J.R. Smith, Kobe Bryant, those types of guys when you were recruiting them out of high school where it's like, okay, we weren't going to get this guy anyways because this was his goal was to get into the NBA as soon as possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely something that, that Car- I mean, Carolina – values him in this class. They still will. They're not going to turn their back and and stop recruiting him by any stretch of the imagination, but it does add another challenge, and I definitely think that if they were to miss on him, you could classify it as being more understandable. Yeah. I do think the G League will be something to monitor, and I think mm-hmm. for these guys that are considering that, you've got you had a handful of first-round NBA draft picks this past year come out of the G League. If if they, if they have immediate success in the NBA, there will be more of an inclination to go to the G League as opposed to the college route because you are getting more prepared for the NBA game uh, more so than you are getting prepared while you're in college. Moving on to another. Uh, target for 2023 for Carolina. That's Gregory G.G. Jackson, a guy that you and I saw a handful of bit this past basketball season doing Ridgeview games for QC Broadcasting. A few weeks ago, coaches were allowed to be back in the gym to see prospects for that recruiting cycle. Uh, not only was Huber Davis in attendance down in Columbia, South Carolina, every assistant on his staff was in Columbia. Um, G- uh, Jackson, of course, told 
the recruiting people that are involved with his recruitment, uh, 24-7 sports and those guys, that Carolina told him that he is a priority for them in 2023, is the priority for him in 20, for them in 2023. With the move of Dillingham out west, should Jackson be the top priority for Carolina in that recruiting cycle? Ooh, that's a tough that that's a tough one. I, I think it's really dependent on how they view him. Are they viewing him as a guy that's going to be a I would say stretch four. I don't see any any way that they view him as a five. I, I don't think that's in the cards for him. He's not gonna be the guy that takes over for Armando Baycott in the middle unless he was to hit another growth spurt. I mean he's we saw him play this year about six seven six eight somewhere in that range so he's probably looking at that stretch four type player because uh, you would imagine he could maybe grow just a little bit more if he fits that mold just because you don't know uh what's going to end up happening with uh well you know what's going to happen with Brady Manick he's going to graduate and move on this is his final year. You don't know what's going to happen with Dawson Garcia, but there's a lot of encouragement about him. There's a lot of people that feel like uh, he may be one of the best draft prospects on this Tar Heel team, probably outside of Caleb Love. He's probably right there as the number two guy uh, that most people would look at and say could be gone to the draft after this year. So I think that if if he's in it, it viewed at as a guy that can play that four, I think yes. I think that would probably become your top priority because that's a spot that I feel like you've got to have somebody in this upcoming recruiting class in 23. But I think at the same time, I mean, point guard is is a huge priority. It always is. And I think until Carolina basically finds that other point guard that they are really focusing in on. They've, they've sent out a couple of offers, but I don't feel like they found that one guy that they're focusing in on. Uh, I would say yes. I would say this has got to be their top priority, but that could change again with no nothing that Gigi Jackson does. It's just point guard. If you don't have a point guard, as we've seen over the last couple of years, your team just cannot function. Yeah, there's there's no way that, and especially even maybe even more so under Hubert Davis as opposed to Roy Williams, with the desire to play two point guards simultaneously, point guard always be the most top of the line issue. For Carolina, because you feel like with the amount of success that you've had in the past and you think you're going to have under Huber Davis, there's going to be a lot of turnover at that position. There's not going to be a lot of depth. I go back to what happened that 2019-20 season where you got in a situation where you were pretty much starting a walk-on in ACC games and the results did not lend very well. But it wouldn't surprise me if he does, in fact, become the priority because now he's as close to a backyard product for Carolina that they're going to be after. Now, granted, virtually every major college basketball program in the country is going to be after uh, Gregory G.G. Jackson. It would be interesting to see with him and the conversation we had last year when we talked with his head coach, Eric Stoneman, the desire to move him to the wing and make him a wing player was important. And it'll be something to see in this offense that Hubert Davis wants to wants to run. He wants his big guys to play on the perimeter. If he moves to the perimeter and is more comfortable on the perimeter, it's going to make it easier to care for Carolina to focus in on him even more so because you know you're losing Brady Manick. There's a chance you can lose Armando Baycott or Dawson Garcia, or both. And while you got Will Shaver coming in, you got Jalen Washington coming in, if you can add a guy like Gregory G.G. Jackson to your class, to your roster, you're not going to mess up that opportunity. Especially he, with Washington probably being a – I mean, right. he's probably going to be a one-year guy, right? He's got that talent. So in my mind, 
look, there's no guarantee that happens. You have to think and plan that that is going to happen when you recruit. That's just how it works nowadays, especially. I don't have this on your rundown. We'll touch on this really quickly. A lot of conversation still around Cam Whitmore. Um, you know, Carolina, of course, landed Tyler Nickel back in September. If I had to tell you today, I think he's going Villanova. I think that was just the natural thing. I think um, he was waiting to see. We were kind of waiting in limbo. Was one going to announce before the other? Nickel beat him to the punch, of course, choosing Carolina. Whitmore still might wind up being a Tar Heel, but everything since that commitment that has happened – Trends him going to play for uh, Jay Wright and the Wildcats. You know? Yeah, his announcement tomorrow at 3, I believe. Right, okay. So, yeah, and yeah, I'm with you. I think it's probably Villanova. But to me, I mean, with you getting nickel, I, I, most people, I mean, if you were still holding out hope and, and thinking that if they missed on him, it was a disappointment, I really don't know what to tell you. I think if, if he would have committed, then that's great. That's just that. That's just a little bit extra in this recruiting class. But it, it, I think most people had kind of come to the conclusion that he wasn't. He wasn't going to be a target. Yeah, the that. disappointment would have been not getting both of them or getting. You know, it was you. One right, or the other, right, right, you right, were right, right. Yep. Satisfied with you mentioned earlier a backup option to the possibility of not landing Robert Dillingham. Hubert Davis is already thinking ahead and has offered two more point guards in that 2023 class. That being Isaiah. Caller and London Johnson. This has to be a backup plan for Robert Dillingham, you'd have to imagine, right? Yeah, I mean, look, both of these guys are talented. I mean, you got uh, Collier rated inside the top 20 overall prospects. Five-star recruits. Yeah, yeah. Bo- both guys are, are very highly rated. So these are guys that could have very well been on the radar, but the timing of it seems rather curious. It's, I mean, it, to me, that doesn't feel like it's a coincidence that he ends up making the move out to Donda Academy and then these offers come. I, I think that's what those are those are looked at as. It'll be interesting to follow, you know, these are two guys that come out of the state of Georgia, so not exactly home, you know, home state guys, but still close enough where you can visit them um, rather often. And I think they're guys, I mean, they're, they're in that footprint. I mean, it, I've heard it more when you hear it from the football program, but I mean, Atlanta is what, maybe four hours away, five hours away. So it's really not that far. You're going to be down there. There's all sorts of huge tournaments that happen in Georgia throughout the year on the basketball court. So I definitely think that that is uh, it's a backup plan. Um, but I think you know it'll be interesting to see what they do with those guys, and also with a guy that we're going to talk about here in just a second in in Simeon Wilcher, um, who's a guy that is a combo guard. So he kind of fits that mold of a guy that can do a little bit of both. He can be a point guard, or he can kick out and be that two guard for you. So I think that Carolina has got some options here. Robert Dillingham, when he was in state, because he was an in state guy, and because of who who he played under, I think that was what made that one so important, and it felt like you should be able to win this. Not even necessarily you have to win this. I think they've got some good uh, you know, prospects out there in place. They've already made some offers, and they've already sort of established some early relationships with guys. So I, I, I feel like Carolina is still in a good spot. It's it's nothing to panic over with Dillingham moving out to Donder Academy. I don't think 
Hubert Davis is gonna is going to have a hard time landing the type of point guard talent that he wants. You got a former point guard on your staff in Jeff Lebo who's gonna be able to tell mm-hmm. you firsthand what it's like to play point guard for North Carolina. This is gonna be it's gonna be an NBA model offense, but it's gonna have both Dean Smith and Roy Williams principles sprinkled in with that. And there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for point guards to come here and flourish. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Carolina, even in addition to landing Dillingham, still aggressively tries to bring in one or these one of these guys because you want to play two point guards a lot. You got to have multiple point guards on your roster to mm-hmm. do so, and you feel like, especially with Dillingham, they they have potential to be one and done prospects. You mentioned Simeon Wiltshire, the five-star combo guard, will be on campus this weekend. As a matter of fact, he holds offers from, of course, Carolina, Nebraska, Dayton, Ohio State, DePaul, Auburn, UConn, Georgia Tech, to name a few. This will be his second official visit. His first official visit was to Nebraska. Carolina's already got one one of these types of players committed in the ne- in the class with Seth Trimble. Trying to go get a second one seems like a logical thing to do for Carolina. And he he's going to be even more talented than Seth Trimble coming in in terms of raw talent. Guy that's a five-star. And again, it's still early in this recruiting cycle, so he is a guy that could drop or rise. You don't really know. I like the list that Carolina's going up against right now. I think if they are serious about jumping in on this, which it seems like they are with him coming to campus for a visit, then they're going to have a heck of a shot here because, I mean, look, Nebraska landed a five-star guy in Bryce McGowan's, but we all think that that was mainly due to the fact that he gets to play with his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ohio State, they, a program that seems to be on the rise again under Chris Holtman. He's a heck of a coach, done a really good job there, but you still feel like if Carolina wants, wants him, they could probably win that out. Auburn, UConn's interesting, but I don't think UConn is UConn of old. Um, and, and and even you know Georgia Tech, I think Josh Pastors does a heck of a job there. But it feels like that's a group, and there will probably be other people that will join this recruitment, especially uh, with him being a guy from New Jersey. That's a, a talent-rich area up in that part of the country in the Northeast. Teams usually will eventually jump in on guys like that because that's another area where you get to see a lot of these guys in some of these big main time, big time events. Um, so, I, but I think with this group right now, Carolina could make some really good headway early on if they want it, and uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I definitely think that he's a guy he could definitely factor in here um, going forward with, with with Dillingham being at this point at least less of a. Sure thing. A sure thing. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like the the philosophy is going to be at least one true point guard and and committed in the class, and then if you're searching for the second one, it can be just a traditional point guard or that combo guard because you we believe. Seth Trimble can slide over and play the one if, if we have to. We know R.J. Davis did it last year for Carolina. So it's something that Hubert Davis is going to be comfortable having those types of guys on his roster. So that's for 2023. On to 2024 before we move on and wrap this thing up. Carolina offered their first recruit 
in the 2024 cycle. That being in-state product, Jaron Stevenson from Seaforth High School up in Pittsburgh, North Carolina. His mother played for Sylvia Hatchell at North Carolina, and his dad played at Richmond um, in the 1990s. He has already taken an unofficial visit to Carolina. His lead recruiter in that recruitment is Jeff Lebo. In addition to uh, Stevenson, Carolina is making a push for shooting guard Paul McNeil. Still very early in the 2024 cycle. He is ranked as the number 25 recruit for 2024. Brad Frederick is uh, going to be his rec- his lead recruiter as Carolina is already trying to get a good head start on that 2024 class. Well, that is going to wrap it up for your October recruiting update. We're going to come back and wrap up the show, but before we do that, here's this week's ad from DraftKings. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Throw down one dollar on any hockey game and win one hundred in free bet and free bets if another team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with the promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with the closing notes. If you want a teamed basketball, they are officially on sale. You can go to GoHeels.com slash shop and purchase your signed basketball for the 2021-22 season. Roy Williams, still a fixture among the campus at the University of North Carolina. He was honored this past weekend at the Duke football game, and uh, hopefully it's not the last time we see old Roy around. I do believe that he will be at late night with Hubert Davis or whatever they're going to call that officially, which is coming up um, next Friday in the Smith Center. But good to see Roy Williams back in Chapel Hill getting honored. I loved how he was dressed all fly, too. Everyone's out there in casual gear. Roy shows up with he's got the, 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 the tie. He's got the sports coat. Just looking fresh, dapper as uh, Carolina was doing what they do best, which was beating the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, my dad could not figure out why he wore a suit to a football game. I said, Dad, that's Roy Williams. Yeah, it's just, that's just, you know, back in the old days, everyone wore suits to every sporting event. Baseball, football, basketball. That's how you dressed <sighs> back then. I couldn't do it, man. I know Notre Dame students do it, but like, God, you would just – can you imagine – can you imagine a few years ago when we went to that football game against Maybe Illinois wearing suits? Maybe people don't sweat like we sweat. Dude, I don't know, man. I, I just – I couldn't do it. I got to be a little bit comfortable, although I wouldn't get sunburnt like I did this past week. So m- maybe I got to take the Roy approach to things. I don't know. Interestingly enough, and this guy – I tr- I try to like him. Oh no! I I, I here, really try to like. Here we like go. The it. problem is, is I'm not even looking down right now. I don't I don't know which one which one it is at this point because you have so many that you dislike. If you had to guess, who do you think I'm about to complain about? 
It's got to be a preseason list, right? Yes. <sighs> it's either Jeff Goodman or Andy Katz. It's Andy Katz. Dang, I Andy Katz. I try really hard uh, to like Andy Katz. I think he does a really great job promoting college basketball. College basketball is a great sport. It's the most interesting, entertaining sport from the start of the season to the end of the season. We need a better guy than Andy Katz to try to promote dang. it because this man released his top ten reporting r- r- returning three-point shooters in college basketball. And didn't have Kerwin Walton among one of them. Hmm. Is that is that even possible? This guy shot over 40% from three as a freshman. Was Carolina's only legitimate outside threat? Teams knew that from January and still couldn't stop the man. Yeah, this this list definitely screams because I, I saw the I saw the list. It was quoted by Toriel ba- that the, by the Toriel basketball yes, account. It was bad. Very, very it's, bad. It's, it's got to be just based on team success, too, right? Like, that's got to play a big factor in why some of these guys are ranked ahead of them. I mean, I don't know. I, I would probably put them top 10, but I'm going to be honest with you. That, the overall probably, landscape. No, he's a top 10 three point shooter but in the see, country. But see, as the overall landscape of college basketball, I'm not as up on he it as you are. He shot over 40% in the ACC from three. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say, especially because, I mean, you got to, there, there are some significant guys that are gone from a year ago three point shooting wise. I, I yeah, I don't know. I would I would definitely push for him to be on that list. I'm calling it right now. I think Kerwin Walton will exceed the forty six percent clip Cam Johnson shot his senior year. Do you really want to go on record with that? I I, I have I've gone on record saying that I think Carolina can win the ACC and make the final four. Might as well say Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Yeah. But see, there's a difference. You said right there he will. You said the other ones you said they can. You know what? He you will. have to say they will. Okay. He will shoot 47% okay. from three. Now, what about the other two? Are you saying they will win the ACC, or you're not going that bold yet? They're going to win the ACC regular season. Oh, my God. Lock it in. Final what four. What in the world? Not going Final Four. Wow. Talk to me in January. Wow. I do think Carolina will win dude. the ACC to kick off the this is bold. This there. is bold, dude. Um, last note before we do get out of here. Now I'm all fired up, and I just want to go. Okay, yep. Talk to Andy Katz in a very stern manner. Um, The NBA preseason um, is underway. Yeah. Which means the NBA season tips off in less than two weeks. Dayron Sharp had a great performance the other night. Double-digit points and a handful of rebounds. Cole Anthony shot a three from literally Boston in Boston or against Boston. Um, (laughs) It was it was pretty deep. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy this year because I think he can do some really big time things in that backcourt. There that team is just going to be with so Jalen Suggs, oh. um, Harrison Barnes. If you want to feel low, feel old, starting his tenth NBA season this year. Um, but, Shut up. Yeah. Um, but the main point: the NBA is right back around the corner. Less than two weeks. Away, the college basketball season I mentioned earlier is a roughly a month away. A sign of that. Not only does Carolina have late night 
next Friday, ACC Media Day will be next Tuesday for the men's and the women, I believe, is on Wednesday. So then we'll find out what the media agrees with me and their preseason expectations. Yeah, some tells Carolina. me they will not. Uh, guys that will be representing Carolina, of course, head coach Hubert Davis, and it was also announced today Armando Baycott and Caleb Love will be the guys that will go, be going and representing. Do you so. think Roy Williams will show up just to show up? Uh, no, I do not, but... He that should talk in place of our commissioner. <clears throat> uh, my thing is, just Jim Phillips even going to be there? Uh, he's probably at some football facility trying to see how we can make the program He's better. currently, he, he's going to be on the campus of Notre Dame trying to convince them to join them for football. That's the only reason the man got the job. So. Uh, no, I definitely think that Roy Williams, could he be in Charlotte? Yes. Will he be at media days? No, he will be somewhere on a golf course. Will they have an interview with Roy Williams on ACC Media Days? Yes. yes. At the golf course. So, exactly. He'll come off of 18, off, somebody's going to be there. off 18, wanting to go get a nice Arnold Palmer after, a, you know, hopefully a great day on the course. There will be some reporter wanting to know his thoughts on the ACC Media Days and you know the Tar Heels and stuff like that. By the way, we just got this. Just popped into my head here because we're talking about Roy on the golf course. the The match they announced their next version of this. Which, by the way, they're going twelve holes with Brooks and Bryson. But very strange that it's only twelve holes. Is there going to be a point where maybe Roy and another golfer take on K and another golf? Could, could could you see that at some point? I would tune in to watch Roy Williams golf. Mainly I think to, that'd be interesting, Mainly man. just to hear him mic'd up and yell at himself when he hits a bad shot or even when he makes a good shot because I do imagine that he tells himself that a boy, Roy, when he makes a good putt. Or, uh, see, I don't think he does that, but I think he definitely does. If if he hits one into the trees, dadgummit. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, this, is a fun, this is a fun show. That's, okay? that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Before we let you go, get you guys over the website, HeelToughBlog.com with Media Days next week and Late Night with Roy next week. We will start previewing and getting you guys ready for the upcoming basketball season. But in the meantime, we are still football heavy as Carolina is trying to turn around what's been a very frustrating and disappointing season. They got Florida State this weekend in Chapel Hill. Anthony will have a preview, recap. I'll have the trench report. Anthony will finish our coverage of what we're hoping to be a win over the Seminoles with a stock report. Um, then I mentioned, as I said, then we'll be getting into basketball, hopefully starting sometime next week. So the website. We will still be covering football during that time. Just, just maybe letting you know. Maybe. Um, so get over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. For the podcast side of things, we're on the Basketball Podcast Network. We're through Megaphone, but we're on every major podcasting hosting site. Um, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Give us a like. Give us a review. We got a two-star review. On the iTunes app. Yeah, if you're rating us that low, don't give us, I, don't not, give us the review. Don't I, do it. I don't mind getting a two-star review because it tells me that I need you to tell you to do a better job. Yeah, I'm sure I'm the, I'm the Comment problem. Comment what we need to do better. We want the comments. We want your feedback on how we can make the show better, more entertaining. Whatever it is that you guys want to hear better as we're bringing you Carolina basketball coverage. Review us, but also give us a comment on why you reviewed us. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I want to thank Anthony for hosting today with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. 
The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.